Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Good day for us out there today. Um, you know, I think I really like, you know, talking to our guys, talk about uh, finishing, finishing the right way, the effort, and I, and I love that. I thought we played with great effort. At times we're a little sloppy execution-wise, but I thought we played with great effort the entire day. Any, anytime you look, and a great season, you know, at our guys, every one of our guys, it's a heck of a year for us. I mean, you, you look, you beat the semis like that, and then you beat Miami to start the year, you know, with two, playing two Power Five non-conference games uh, against huge in-state rivals. Not many people are doing that on top of an SEC schedule. So for our guys to have the, the mental, physical toughness to finish the year the way we did was fantastic. The way we finished that game, I thought was fantastic. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing his team's 40-17 win over rival Florida State in the Swamp on Saturday. And with that victory, Dan Mullen becomes the first coach in school history to win 10 games in his first two seasons. The Gators also put together consecutive 10-win seasons for the first time since 2008-2009. Also beat Florida State in Miami in the same year for the first time since 2008 and they go undefeated at home just the third time that that's happened since 2010. So that was quite the way to send out 22 seniors on Saturday. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, I'll recap my five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, take out the report card and grade the Gators' performance over the Seminoles. And in the final segment, we'll bring you some more postgame comments from Dan Mullen as well as seniors Tyree Cleveland and Jonathan Grenard. But let's start this recapping my five keys to the game. And number one for Florida on Saturday was exploiting FSU's pass defense. They came into the game with one of the worst in the country, 114th nationally in pass defense. And Florida, which came into the game with a top 20 passing offense nationally, third in the SEC only to LSU and Alabama, they were able to capitalize on this weak Florida State secondary. Kyle Trask finishes with a career-high 30 pass completions, and he joins Danny Warfel and Rex Grossman as the only Gator quarterback since 1996 to throw for 300 yards against Florida State. He and his receivers had a big day through the air, and we're definitely able to check this box. Our second key for Saturday was trying to open some things up in the run game, and that didn't really happen. You got another four-carry game from LaMichael P. Ryan. Damian Pierce had five carries. Malik Davis was involved a little bit, but Emory Jones and Kadarius Toney were once again involved in the run game. Jones made some plays carrying the ball, and Tony had one of the highlights of the game. And you also saw Josh Hammond get in on the action and receive a carry as well. But at the end of the day, Florida was having so much success with its passing game that Dan Mullen elected to go with the plan that he's had throughout the season, and that's to throw the ball and lean on his strong group of wide receivers and tight ends. LaMichael P. Ryan did catch some passes out of the backfield, and we once again saw a pass-heavy game plan from the Gators, but you can't argue with the result, especially when we know how weak that FSU was defending the pass. Our third key to the game was limiting big plays for Cam Akers. He had a 100-yard game against the Gators, finishing with 102 on 17 carries. But half of that came on one of them. He obviously gets the big 50-yard touchdown. He's usually good for one big play in this rivalry game, and that was it right there. But Florida did a good job defending him on his other touches. He had 16 carries for 52 yards outside of that touchdown run. So although he had one big play, they were able to limit him from making any others. Our fourth key to the game was getting sacks on the quarterback. 
And obviously, this was a big check for the Gators. FSU came into this game 122nd nationally in sacks allowed, and Florida was able to make them pay in a big way, getting eight sacks on the Seminole quarterbacks, and that gave them 46 for the season, which is the most that they've had since recording 50 in 1997. So, been a long time since we've seen a Florida defense get in the backfield like this. We saw it right out of the gate from the season opener when they had 10 sacks against Miami. Certainly the games where they didn't have Grenard and Zuniga, you saw the pass rush take a dip. Zuniga once again misses another game for the Gators and doesn't get to play on senior day. But we got another example from Jonathan Grenard of why this guy should be considered to be a first-team All-American. And then our final key to the game was getting takeaways. Florida was not able to do this, although Grenard did force a fumble in this game. Ventrell Miller had an opportunity to jump on the ball, but he tried to scoop and score, wasn't able to corral it, and FSU recovered. But the good thing is that Florida didn't turn over the ball in this game, but with the sacks that the Gators got and all the pressure on the quarterback, they did plenty to affect this FSU offense and keep them from having success. When we come back from this first break, I'll take out my report card and grade Florida's performance over FSU. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other great offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Welcome back into the show, and now it's time to take out my report card and grade the Gators. And we start, as we always do, with the quarterback position in an A-plus performance from Emory Jones and Kyle Trask. You put their numbers together, the Gators are 35 of 48, 390 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions on Saturday. Those guys played lights out. Kyle Trask obviously leads the way. 30 of 41, 343 yards and three touchdowns. He threw for 300 yards for the third time in his career. Just the fifth time that a Gators quarterback has done that since 2010. And he's done it three times this season. And when you've combined the passing yards of Trask and Jones this season, the Gators have seven 300-yard-plus passing games this season. And that's the most that they've had since 2001 when they had eight. So we'll see if Trask and Jones can match that number in the bowl game. But they absolutely lit it up on Saturday against the Seminoles. Jones finished 5 for 6 for 47 yards, the touchdown to Van Jefferson, and a QBR rating of 204.1. Moving to the running backs in a C grade for this group, the Gators finished with 77 yards rushing on 25 carries. But like we've seen in several games this season, Dan Mullen didn't really try to run the ball. LaMichael Pirine only had four carries. Damian Pierce had five carries. Malik Davis just two carries. But when the Gators did run the ball with Pirine and their quarterbacks, they had success. Pirine, Jones, and Trask all averaged four yards or more per carry. Pirine started the game with a 10-yard run in the first quarter, and he also had three catches for 40 yards including a 30-yard reception. So he was involved in the passing game, and you also got a touchdown run from Damian Pierce, but just not a lot of rushing production, once again, from the Gators. Moving to the wide receivers and tight ends, and once again, A's for both of these position groups. 
Mullen made sure that the four senior receivers got the start in Freddie Swain, Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, and Josh Hammond. Swain and Jefferson led the way, both making five catches. Swain had 62 yards receiving. Van Jefferson had 48. And with both of them making two touchdowns, that's the first time since 2014 that two Gator wide receivers have had multiple touchdown receptions in a game. And with Van Jefferson's 48 receiving yards, he eclipsed 1,000 for his Gator career. So a big milestone for him. He did a lot in his two years with the Gators, back-to-back 500-yard receiving seasons. And then Swain, with his second quarter touchdown, goes to seven on the season, and that's the most by a single player since Demarcus Robinson also had seven in 2014. And then Kyle Pitts, he eclipsed the 600-yard mark on Saturday with 44 yards receiving on five catches. He's at 6'10 for the year, and he also now has the first 50 reception season by a Gator since 2016. Tyree Cleveland and Kadarius Tony both made four catches, although one of those for Tony was really more of a run that counted as a catch. Josh Hammond had three catches for 39 yards. Copeland also caught three balls. He had a couple catches from Grimes, and Lucas Crow got in on the action with a 15-yard catch. And as we saw over the weekend, both Kroll and quarterback Felipe Franks have made the decision to transfer from Florida and they enter the portal on Monday. Moving to the offensive line in a B-plus grade from this group, really good job in pass protection. No sacks allowed for Kyle Trask. He had all day to throw. Obviously not a lot of production on the ground, but again, the Gators didn't try to run the ball. And when they did with P. Ryan and Emory Jones, they had success. Even Kyle Trask was able to make a couple runs. And then the one big play from Kadarius Tony that could have counted toward the rushing statistics and made things look a lot better at the end of the game. But you have to give this offensive line credit. They did a good job up front and dominated FSU's defensive line. Moving over to Florida's defensive line in another A performance for that group, Jonathan Grenard once again leads the way. Six tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. He earns SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week and just an incredible year that he's put together as a graduate transfer. Definitely made the most of his one season in Gainesville. And you'll hear from him in the third segment with his post-game interview. A nice night for Zachary Carter. He had three tackles, two for a loss, and a sack. And there are a lot of other defensive linemen who got involved. Kyrie Campbell made three tackles. Adam Schuler made three tackles and had a half a sack. Luke Ankrum, also three tackles and a half a sack. TJ Slayton, two tackles and a half a sack as well. And really got to give props to number 56 for the way that he has developed and played down the stretch this season. Moving to the linebackers and an A performance from that group, Ventro Miller led the Gators with eight tackles in the game. You got six tackles from senior linebacker David Reese the second, three tackles and one and a half sacks for James Houston, and a half a sack for Mahmoud Diabate. And the linebacker group did a good job containing Cam Akers. The one touchdown run that he had actually fell on the safeties. LeCedric Brunson was in the game on that play. Maybe had a chance to catch Akers, but not going to put that on him. That wasn't his assignment. And he's a really tough guy to catch in open field. And then moving to the secondary, a B-plus performance for this group. FSU only had 181 passing yards in this game, including 150 from James Blackman. The Gators did a really good job against him. 
but they didn't do a good job against Terry. He had 131 yards receiving in this game on seven catches. He was able to make some big plays against his Florida secondary, so that brings the grade down a little bit. And do have to fault safety Juwan Taylor on the touchdown run by Akers. He was right there in the backfield with the opportunity to tackle him and wasn't able to make the play. But outside of that touchdown run and the catches by Terry, the secondary did a really good job. C.J. Henderson led the way with seven tackles, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hurry. Marco Wilson made five tackles from the star spot, and Taylor also had five tackles at safety. And last but not least, the special team, sort of a mixed bag here. You got the big 40-yard return from Tyree Cleveland. Then you also have the fake punt that Florida failed to convert from its own 19. Evan McPherson misses the first extra point of his career after 91 straight. But then he makes up for it with a career long of 50 yards right before the half to put Florida up 30-7. to And he's now connected on 31 of 35 career field goals, giving him the highest field goal percentage among UF kickers with at least 35 attempts. And he's made 14 of 16 this season. When we come back from this last break, we'll bring you some postgame comments from Dan Mullen, Jonathan Grenard, and Tyree Cleveland. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you. The Mealy Pop Shop, located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend and a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL Weekly Pick'em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize. So check out the Mealy Pop Shop at 3700 Northwest 91st Street, Gainesville, Florida, or call at 352-204-5573. Welcome back into the show. Dan Mullen, obviously a happy camper on Saturday as he becomes the first coach in school history to win 10 games in back-to-back seasons. And he's got to like the fact that he was able to stay undefeated against FSU and Miami, dating back to his days as the OC. Florida now has an opportunity to go into this recruiting period, try to close strong for the early signing day. Mullen speaks here about the way his team played in their regular season finale and the position that they've put themselves in to potentially make a New Year's Six Bowl. Right now, we'll get uh, coaches get to head ready to head out and head hit the road recruiting. Uh, players get to go wrap up final exams, and we'll find out where we go here. Hopefully, in a couple weeks, right? We'll get to see that. You know, I may never know how that's going to play out. Hopefully, you know, did enough to get a get New Year's Six Bowl. I, maybe even more. I saw right. I mean, Baylor beat a six win team last week and jumped up five spots. So uh, we did the same today, pretty handily. So we'll see how that works. I mean, we're, we're tending to, you know, we played a, a, a tough non-conference schedule playing, you know, I mean, going out. I, and it's going to determine a lot, you know. I mean, you look and you say, okay, hey, we went out to aggressively schedule two Power 5 teams non-conference. You know, I mean, there's a lot of teams not doing that, you know. I mean, unfortunately, we, we, we lost two games, right, by a total of 21 points to the two teams that are right now in the top four in the country. You know, so I, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know the discussions that happen in the room and all that stuff, but resume-wise, I, th- I think we have a pretty solid resume to be a top-ten team. Dan, what's it mean to be 3-0 and against your state rivals since you got here? How does that help uh, uh, the program? How does that help the brand? How does that help recruiting? Well, you know, uh, obviously winning always helps the brand. 
Recruiting, I don't know. I, 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 I've never known that, that, that those are huge deals, you know what I mean? I, I think, but, you know, the fact that we're winning games, that we have the opportunity to compete for SEC and national championships, get to play in the SEC is a huge recruiting boost. Uh, I think being one of the top ten public universities in America, right, uh, the only SEC team that is, I think the only school in the state of Florida that is. So, you know, to have that academic, all of that helps in recruiting more than just winning those individual games. But I know it's great. It's great for the Gators. It's great for us because, you know, anytime you win in-state rivals, those are your neighbors. You know, that's, that's who people are getting up to go to church to, with tomorrow, right? Be a lot of orange and blue in church tomorrow. You know, that's when you go to, like, you know, New Year's Eve parties coming up and Christmas parties and holiday parties and all this. I mean, you get to wear the orange and blue and, and have a lot of pride because, you know, those are bragging rights for your neighbors. You know, you're out, you know, Agra's out of the club and, you know, will be hitting some golf balls, you know, I mean, that's, that's any, anytime you do that, I know that we have, we have several rivals here, but when you win the in-state ones, I think it's, um, you know, it gives, it gives everybody bragging rights for a year and it's a lot of fun. Jonathan Grenard met with reporters after the game, only one season with the Gators, but he definitely left his mark. We'll see if he's able to earn all American honors and get a break here at UF. He talks here about senior day, what this season has meant to him as a Gator and going out as a winner against Florida State. As you all can see, I mean, if the injury button never hit us, I mean, we can't call it, but everybody knows where we would have been. So um, everything, uh, we just control the controllables. You know, I, I'm just thankful for that we get to this situation. But, you know, to, to make this mark and you know, having a 10-win season, going to a really bowl game, I mean, really good bowl game, you know, New Year's Six Bowl, uh, it's going to be really good. You know, that's just good for the young guys to understand, you know, this is what we make, we set the pace. I mean, you guys got to take off and go from there. And I think they understand that, and they're going to pride themselves and do a really good job in the offseason. To leave Louisville and come here, and finish like this, uh, how special is that going to be when you look back on it all? Man, I'm, it almost brings me to tears. It's, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, it's, that at that one point in time, I didn't think I was going to be able to play this game again at, or at this level. You know, uh, just everything I'd have been through, I mean, not just even in uh, college, just things in high school, you know, everything I've been through in my life. I mean, I never thought I'd be in this situation, you know, to be at this school, my, my dream school, you know, to uh, play at this level and then excel is just, it's, I can't put in the words. So, I mean, I'm just so thankful. You know, I'm thankful for God to put me in a situation. You know, I just kept praying and had a really good support system. And, I mean, every, I just, everything else took care of itself. I got to the point now where, you know, I'm, I understand how to handle success. And uh, this is basically, for me, this is just a building block. You know, I just want to continue to build from this. And I know I'm very ecstatic and happy about, maybe not be able to see it on my face right now, but I'm excited about what I did. I mean, it's, it's not easy to do that. You know, like I said, I don't take this for granted. You know, I missed the whole year, so it made me love the game that much more. So um, all that just played it, put it together and the passion I have for this game, passion for my teammates and how they feel about me just fuels me go that much hard on the field. So I just can't do nothing but thank them. You don't seem like a guy to dwell on the past, but the regular season's over now. Have you ever thought about what it would have been like if you would have got a shot to play against LSU? <sighs> they know. They know what it would have been if, if I wasn't hurt. Uh, I mean, that, that's one game I wish I could take, go back to. Um, it is what it is. I mean, they're a really good team, hats off to them, but I mean, they know. Another uh, Saturday where Jabbar Zuniga didn't suit up, how much better could this defensive line have been with both of y'all healthy all season? Hey, God, only, only God knows. I mean, it's, it's sad that it had, unfortunate that he had been in that situation. You know, I feel for him. I said, I've, I've been in that situation. It's not, it's not fun. You know, you go through a lot of emotions, you know, depression. It's, it's a lot of emotions going through your head. And you know, one person to take all that, you know, and, and plus adversity, you know, got people saying this and that all in your ear, you know, never knowing what to think about. Um, I feel for him. But Zoo's going to come back. I mean, he's, he's going to rest up, get his ankle out. I mean, once he gets his ankle out, he's going to, I mean, like I said, we right there. I mean, me. He's a better pass rusher than I am. So, I mean, uh, y'all couldn't see it, but I, I know what he's done. I've seen him in practice. So, um, Zoo's going to be all right. He's going to be all right.
I also spoke to Florida wide receiver Tyree Cleveland after the game. Saturday was real emotional for him. He tweeted it before kickoff. Afterwards, he took a moment before leaving the field to kind of soak it all in and reflect on what these four years at UF have meant to him. And he talks about it here in this post-game interview. How'd you feel before the game? You tweeted out that you, you were getting emotional. Yeah, I was getting emotional on the bus ride. So, you know, just coming to the stadium, just walking down and Gator Walt and just seeing all the people, you know, I just tried to hold it all in. But when I got in the locker room, the tears started coming What out. was the senior day ceremony like for you and your family? Is everything pre-game? It was great. It was great, you know, because where I come from, a lot of people don't make it out. And um, just being able just to, over the past four years, just live out my dream, play for my favorite team growing up, you know, it's a blessing. I'm grateful. And what did it mean for Mullen to make sure that all four of you guys started tonight and that all four of you guys caught balls and made plays? Uh, it, it's, I just say respect. Like, you know, we did a lot for the program, and he just wanted to have us be in the right place and just have us go out there and just show our ability. So, yeah. What will you remember most about this night? All the smiles on, uh, on my coaches and teammate face, seeing the fans out there just going crazy for us, and just I can't even describe. You know, this place, this place is great. What were you thinking when you kneeled down? Uh, right before you left the field, just kind of taking a moment there. Yeah, I was just taking a moment just to thank God for the opportunity to um, play here at the University of Florida. Um, you know, it's been a long ride, it's been a long journey for me. It's been a lot of ups and downs, but I stayed strong, I stayed true to myself, and um, I was just grateful just to play here tonight. Which play did you think you were more likely to score on? The kick return or the catch? Um... I say the kick return. I just had, you know, I made him, I made the stick, and I, he tripped me up. So I think that that would have been a touchdown. I really thought you had it. Yeah, I tried to get in there, man. I tried to get in the end zone. Got to ask you um, about your brother. Did you, did you think about him today, and, and what do you think he would have to say about where you're at today? He'll be, he'll be very proud of me. You know, um, before I left the locker room, I, I looked at his picture, and you know, I just sat there and just wish he was out there with me. You know, watching me play and. Um, just playing football, school, and dealing with family issues is, is very hard, but I try to not try to dwell on it so much. But um, I wish he was here tonight. I know he was looking down on me. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, I recapped my five keys to the game, took out my report card and graded the Gators, and brought you some post-game comments from Mullen, Grenard, and Cleveland. On tomorrow's show, we'll catch up with the coaching carousel and all the crazy news that has happened in college football over the weekend. We'll also get into some Florida recruiting talk as this is a big week for the coaches on the road. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.